Welcome back, everybody, to the Batflip Podcast. This is episode number five. Um, we've got not too much going on today. Uh, you know, it was just um, not quite a week since our last episode, so we're going to go over the standings because we didn't um, last time. Uh, we got a couple topics, and then just our players of the week. Keep it real brief this week. Um, happy Labor Day to everybody. That's when we're recording this. Um, how are you doing, Matt? Had better weekends. <laughs> I've uh, I've been battling COVID nineteen over the since since Thursday, and I'm feeling uh, a little bit better. We were gonna record yesterday, but I was still, uh, you know, still pretty sick. And today I'm feeling a little bit better, so feel like I'd give it a shot here. So uh, if my volume or something's a little bit low or whatever, that's probably why. But um, you know, I'm giving it a shot. So. Well, we wish you the best of luck on beating that for sure. Thank um, you very much. Well, and like I said, we'll just keep it brief to help you, let you get back to resting some. Um, so just quick update on the standings. Uh, we're going to kind of base everything off the last couple weeks, last 14 days since last time was our trade deadline episode. Uh, we didn't really hit on this stuff. Uh, so the Tampa Bay Rays have enlarged their gap um, to the rest of that AL East division by five and a half games now. Uh, they're eight and two over their last ten and just seem to be really hitting their stride finally. Yeah, the Rays have a. Um, I mean, they're they've got a lot of uh, good, not great players in their lineup, but they've got a lot of good players. So um, you know, you can't really point to too many of them that are you would think of as elite. Um, Brandon Lau's had a really good season, um, and then their pitching is just you know they're they develop their pitching so well. And I mean, you've got like Charlie Morton's always been pretty good, but then you got. Tyler Glass now is really starting to pitch well now after he had, you know, battled a little bit of injury last year and was a little bit slow to start this year. Probably, you know, a little bit of rust there, um, you know, and then you got, you know, Blake Snell. He, he didn't pitch great the other day, but he's he seems to kind of be in the same boat as as, uh, as uh, Glass now and he's pitched well. So then um, their bullpen's good. They do a great job mixing and matching their pieces as well. Yeah, I think one of the more surprising teams right now as well is that that team that's in second place right there in the AL East. I know it's only by a game, but the Toronto Blue Jays, I mean, for them to be up there second in that division at 22-18, and 18, I don't think many people expected the Blue Jays, I mean, to be in this spot, um, especially them losing Bo Bichette for a very long time. You know, they did pick up, I think what, it was three VR. or four pitchers at a, and, VR, and, and VR at the deadline, yeah, but... uh. I mean, it's been really nice to see them actually uh, be successful. You know, not not even able to play at their home ballpark. They're having to play at a minor league stadium as their <laughs> home because Toronto wouldn't let them play there. But uh, it's been really refreshing to see a team team like that be be as good as they are. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays are, um, you know, they're a pretty good team. I, I'm I'm still a little bit worried about their ability to to limit, um, you know, to limit the runs once they get to the postseason to get some better teams, but. Um, I mean, I would have, I, I thought that the Blue Jays had an outside chance if all their young guys, cause you, you know, just turned the corner this year and it looked like Bo Bichette had been, had started to really turn into a, a star player, but, um, you know, Vlad Jr. hadn't been great. And, um, you know, that was something that I think, you know, for the Blue Jays to have, to get to the point where that now that I would have thought that Vlad Jr. would have had to be a large part of that, but, um. I mean, they made a couple of really good signings in the offseason. I mean, Hinjin Ryu has been spectacular for them. Um, 
In fact, uh, looking at his some of his uh, peripheral numbers, this is his best career season, even though he had the the low ERA last year. So um, good for the Blue Jays, and um, you know I I think that they probably are benefiting a little bit from the Yankees' uh, injury issues. Uh, so that probably yeah. has something to do with it, but. Which, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about those Yankee injury issues. You know, they're still missing Judge, still missing Stanton. Um, Three-quarters of their rotation is gone. Um, Garrett Cole hasn't, I mean, he hasn't pitched terribly, but he hasn't pitched to what you think Garrett Cole should pitch to. Um, You know, their bullpen, which is another thing we thought would be a saving grace, Chad Green has not looked good at all. Um, Chapman, even though he's come back from his COVID thing, he's blown a couple saves, I believe. Um, Britain was just on the IL and he came back and he didn't look very good either. Uh, I think Canely's injured, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's yeah. just a lot of injury concerns over there in New York, and and that's pretty much showing with them being you know only 21 and 19 right now, which is still above 500. They're still in a playoff spot, but for a team that m- many were considering to be the favorite in the AL to be in the World Series this year, you know, pretty much just handing them the World Series. They've uh, they've struggled quite a bit. Yeah, the Yankees, um, you know, obviously missing guys off and on, but I mean, I think a lot of their problem as well has been struggling guys that you know they have counted on so much in the last couple of years, like Gary Sanchez, and you know, you talked about before the season, you you didn't just talk about Judge and you know and 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 the rotation. You talk about like you talked about Gary Sanchez being a, a one of the best hitting catchers in the league. You talk about you know, Glaber Torres after the year he had last year, you know, taking another step forward. You talk about Brett Gardner, who had been pretty good last year, like, and these guys are all struggling. So it's, it's not just, um, it's not, it's not just the struggles or the injuries. I mean, the injuries obviously are a huge part of it, but, um, you know, that, that some of that depth that people thought they had in their lineup maybe isn't quite there, like, like, like expected. So, um, now they're still a good team, especially when they're healthy. So, I think they're still going to be fine. Um, but I mean, if they can't get healthy and you know they continue to play like they are now, I mean, even the Orioles are hot on their heels, and the Yankees are like I think right now are the eight seed in the yeah they are uh, yeah so they're eight seed by two games yeah so over the Orioles and so um, like it's you know. I don't think they're going to lose enough games for that to matter, but, um, you know, it's pretty crazy. It is. It is pretty crazy. You know, the Orioles, they've fallen off since what they started. Um, it's kind of what we expected, um, you know, in their rebuilding phase. I don't expect them to get up there and, and make much noise for that eight seed, but, you know, they've kept it close, and I guess that's all you can kind of really hope for on a team that's – in the full-fledged rebuild like they are. And the Red Sox and the same thing. You know, the Red Sox are, I think they're the worst yeah. team in the league right now, aren't they? Either them or the Pirates. Yeah, they're both tied with the same uh, winning percentage, but they have more losses Yeah. Uh, just because of the whole COVID um, yeah. cancellations and stuff. But the Red Sox, they've just in that reset. I mean, they their Twitter page caught a lot of flack because they put a little deal saying like hit the reset button. <laughs> that did not sit well with any yeah. of the fans of Boston. <laughs> um, so I thought I found that pretty funny, but you know we once they traded Mookie Betts, we kind of knew they were they were going to go into this kind of downhill spiral. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you know, had a lot of players underperforming as well. J.D. Martinez hasn't looked good. Ben Attendee's the same thing. 
Um, Devers really struggled at the beginning. I think he's starting to turn it around a little bit more now. Well, a large um, part of it, large part of it too, has been that um, the the Red Sox have lost so many rotation pieces. Um, you know, the injury, Chris Sell, like that. That's such a killer because I mean, right now Martin Perez is their top pitcher. So I mean, yeah. you're not going to win many games. I mean, he, no offense to him because he's actually not been that bad. But uh, no, he hasn't. That, but when he's your top pitcher, I mean, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's going to be a tough season. So um, and the bullpen's bad too. I mean, it's not just the starting rotation. It's it's a little bit of everything for them. I mean, no. Yeah. Uh, well, looking over, we're going to jump over to the AL Central. Um, Chicago White Sox, they've uh, they've went on a run, and, and they've taken over the division lead. Mind, it is only a half game over the Indians um, and a game and a half over the Twins, but those were the three kind of teams we were talking about. And we, earlier um, on one of our other episodes, we, we kind of said the White Sox were going to be that third team that we weren't sure if they were quite going to be there just yet. And I mean... This streak that they've gone on, Keuchel's looked really good, uh, even though he exited the game early yesterday. Um, Giolito, I mean, he pitched a no-hitter. We didn't even touch on that last episode, but he, you know, he's been looking really good finally. Um, Turner kind of showing back to what he showed last year. Um, and I, and their lineup, Luis Robert is, he is playing like a god right now. Like he is playing out of his mind. It is, it is so fun to watch him play. Yeah, the White Sox are good. Um, I think um, I think that they probably are still. I, I mean, I know they lead the division right now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust them in the playoffs with a lot of young guys, and um, I don't know if I trust their pitching still um, to carry them in the playoffs. I know Giolito, I trust fully, but um, Keuchel, you know, with his stuff. When he when he's in a playoff game, can be a little bit difficult. I saw that firsthand last year with him on the Braves, um, and um, you know they don't really have another guy after that. Their bullpen is hit or miss. So uh, you know I like the White Sox. They're a fun team. I mean they got a lot of young players, and you know um, they've got a you know a, a lot of appreciation to a guy like Jose Abreu who went through the rebuild there, and um, you know is is just killing it this year when they're finally contending again. Um, and the White Sox are well on their way to proving me wrong and being a playoff team. So um, they're a good team. Um, I think it's funny, and, you know, how how quickly things can change in, in baseball over the course of a couple of years. Uh, we talked about a, a few years ago, you know, how bad the AL Central was. It was the worst division in baseball by a, a huge margin. And now you look at them and, you know, three of the best teams in the AL are in the division. So, and then the Tigers are, you know, I don't think the Tigers are great, but I mean, their record's actually not that bad. So uh, they've been beaten up on the NL Central. Uh, yeah, they, good, they so. really outperformed what people thought they would. Yeah. Uh, so. With the Indians, Shane Bieber's looked very, very good. So, yeah. I mean, he had 10 strikeouts through five. Was it yesterday or the day before? He's, he's had a two-start week, so... Um, uh, he, yeah, it's something. So, you know, we do our players of the week, and we were looking him over earlier, and I had already picked my guy, and Matt's looking, and he's just like, man, I, I can't pick Shane Bieber again, can I? Yeah. And it's he's like, like <laughs> we just fill it in every week with his name, being the pitcher of the week for us at yeah. least. And, so yeah, but, Shane, uh, Bieber, Shane Bieber is my actual pitcher of the week, but uh, <laughs> but I picked somebody else because I wanted to spread it around a little bit, but. 
Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be talking a lot about Shane Bieber. I mean, it looks like he's going to yeah. be a Cy Young, and if he might be even a favorite for a uh, an MVP right now. He, but he could oh, be. I mean, he's up there. Where would the Indians that? be without him? Exactly. Uh, Minnesota, they've you know they got Josh Donaldson back. Um, I, I did want to hit on a play that I saw by the the Twins this week. I sent it to you. Um, they were in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, they were tied game. Runners on first or second and third with two outs. And Byron Buxton comes up. He hits a routine ground ball to shortstop. Just very. I mean, it was like what a two or three hopper, oh, yeah. I think, Matt. And he it was, beats it out at first base to win the yeah. game. Yeah, it wasn't an especially hard hit ball, but it was you know it was just a normal like. Yeah, it was just normal know, ball that was said, it was middle of the infield. You know, it was it wasn't anything special. You were just like okay, that's going to be a ground ball to short and just an easy out. And Buxton beat it out at uh, at first, and they said on the stat cast that he ran yeah. 31 feet per second. Yeah. Um, and 30 feet per second is very very elite um, yeah it's a 30 is about the best at baseball i mean i think they say up to 29 and above is elite so yeah and he ran 31 feet yeah. per second like that was pretty amazing yeah he is um you know uh, byron buxton's a guy that he frustrates the heck out of me because he, he be so good i know he he's a guy that in in back in the you know when he was a prospect that was the number one overall prospect in baseball mm-hmm. he has every tool in the in the you know in, in the kit yeah. in the box and he is just i mean he just he just can't he just has not put it together at the plate he, he can't he strikes out too much he he went from you know having a okay approach striking out too much to now he's decided just to swing at everything because you know he's gonna have to make contact or he's just gonna strike out so he's his walk rate's way down which sucks for a guy that's got so much speed i mean if he just if he could draw some walks get on base i mean a walk's basically a triple for him so um, if you could just put the ball in play like that's oh yeah like like you said he's swinging at everything and he has every tool like elite defense good arm he's got better Uh, power than people think yeah yeah, he could be a 25 home run bat i mean to me i mean i think that's top ceiling ceiling but yeah i mean he could do that and then he's a guy who could steal i mean he could steal upwards of 50 bases in a in a full absolutely two game season if he would just get on base and stay healthy. That's a big thing is he is always injured and I think that's just because he plays so hard that he's always making yeah. diving catches and running into walls and doing that. But if yeah. he could just get healthy and make a little bit more contact, he would be so good. Yeah, he he's a he's a guy that you know, um, maybe one day he'll put it together completely. He's one of those guys that. Even even though he hasn't turned out to be quite what we hoped as a prospect, he's still a very good player because it's just because his oh, yeah. defense is so good. And I mean, he's still putting up like, you know, if you look at fan graphs, you know, two to three win seasons just because his defense and his base running are so incredible that anything he gets you at the plate, you know, whether if he's hitting, you know, a, a 240, 290, 390 slash line, which is pretty bad. I mean. You know, as long as he's right. getting an 80 WRC plus or something, like he's still able to put up a, a great, you know, a great uh, overall value because of his other skills. It's just if he ever put up even league average offensive seasons, then he would be, you know, an, an all star caliber guy. And if he ever figured it out, really figured it out, and, you know, started putting up above average hit hitting seasons he'd be an mvp candidate i mean he's that yeah. he's that good of a base runner and defensive player so he could be very scary 
Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump over to the AL West now. Uh, Oakland is still at the top of that division by three and a half. Um, they've started hitting a little bit of a skid. Um, I know they had a big series this weekend with uh, San Diego that I believe that I believe the Padres took two out of three out of that one. Um, Houston just came. Uh, they're starting to hit their stride again, but I think they just got swept by the Angels, if I'm not mistaken, um, in this weekend series that they just had. Uh, Seattle, you know, Kyle Lewis is still doing what he should do. Mark Gonzalez is looking pretty good, but Kyle Seeger's having a really fantastic year as well. Uh, people don't mention his name enough, but you know they're they're starting to get in that that rebuild mode as well, um, getting yeah. those young young players, and, and obviously they're going to struggle. But them being eighteen and twenty two this year, uh, you know, closer to yeah. five hundred than I it, thought it, they would be. Yeah. Like like I said, they've got they've got some guys that have that have succeeded. Um, you know, you, you look at obviously um, Kyle Lewis has been so good in center field for them. Um, you know, especially compared to what people kind of expected of him, his stock had taken a little bit of a hit after being a high draft pick. And, um, he's been really good for them. And then, uh, you know, a couple other guys like J.P. Crawford has been pretty good for them. Um, kind of a guy that had some prospect fatigue from the from the Phillies that people were worried that he wasn't going to put it together. He's he's you know turned into a pretty solid major leaguer for them and played shortstop. Uh, Justice Sheffield, another guy that was kind of starting to fall on some uh, prospect lists, has looked pretty good for them. So um, Justin Dunn is another name too. I don't yep. know if you've seen what he's did. He had one bad, really bad start against the Dodgers where he gave up six runs and in two innings and stuff. But outside of that, he's been really, really solid. His, his last three starts, he's had a you know six innings each. He's given up a combined total of two runs in those. Um, he has, I think, eighteen strikeouts. Still gives up quite a bit of walks, but he's been uh, he's been really good. He's a guy that uh, could be you know be there for a long haul and be a closer to the top of the rotation arm than most people probably think he can be. Yeah, and, and you know talking about the rebuilding teams we've, we've said it so many times that that's what they're that's what the purpose for the season is for the big league team it's not just a lost season it's not mm -hmm. just a tank it's fine guys who you know might be unheralded right now but could per, you know potentially help your team when you start to contend again and that's the type of guy that you know like like all these these prospects that were had a little bit of you know had been on had been expected to come up a little bit sooner but it was finally started to look like they might turn the corner that kind of guy and then guys that kind of unheralded like you know talk about justin dunn um you know we're, we're talking about i think the mariners um uh, you know they're they're looking like their rebuild's going pretty well they got a great farm system right now and, um, made some we'll fantastic see. trades They've made some really good trades. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, that Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz for Kellenick and uh, that looks really good right now. And, it um, does. Even though yeah. Edwin Diaz has actually pitched extremely well this year uh, com compared to to popular belief, <laughs> he's he's right. been very good. So, well, the Angels. Uh, you know, we just talked about them sweeping the Astros this weekend. Um, one little note uh, that we wanted to hit on with the Angels is Mike Trout hit his. 300th home run, which is the Angels' all-time record, so he's yep. now the leader. Asked him to them. Um, it does. It puts him at I think 150 overall on the all-time uh, home run list. But a, a little stat that I saw this weekend, as as it was all going around on Twitter, was per the Elias Sports Bureau, um, Trout in, is the fastest player in games-wise to hit 300 home runs and steal 200 bases. Um, 
he beats Willie Mays out. Trout did it in 1,235 games, and Willie Mays did 1,295. Yeah. Um, so he did it in about 60 less games. So we are definitely, you know, I know people say that, you know, we have, we obviously know that Mike Trout's going to be one of the greatest players of all time, but I still think that he's underappreciated um, in today's in today's game. Yeah, he he is because he, for one thing, you know, playing on the Angels, um, who haven't really been that great for a while, um, you know, and, and teams that aren't that great and are on the West Coast don't typically get quite as much um, publicity because of you know scheduling and you know primetime games and stuff. Um, you know, the Dodgers do because they're good, but uh, most of the other teams out there don't don't get quite as much, um, you know quite as much as they should um and i mean you know, mike trout's personality just he's just a, he's a really great guy he's quiet he goes about his business the right way he's not um you know he he doesn't you know and, and you, you know you you love the guys that are that are real flashy and and everything and then you also have guys like mike trout who aren't and uh you know i think a lot of times that he doesn't get quite as much publicity because of that which you know, I don't think it's fair to him. I mean, we love to see the guys that are real flashy and making these, you know, doing these, you know, having having a lot of fun out on the diamond. But I think Mike Trout has fun just being better than everybody else. So right, and it's um, like the thing that's, you know, who do you who do you if just the casual MLB fan or not even the casual fan, just anybody that doesn't even know much about baseball, if you asked them the one baseball player they knew, it should be Mike Trout. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But I'm gonna guarantee 90% of the time it's gonna be Bryce Harper. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's just because like what you're saying is Bryce Harper's loud. He's brash. He's out there. He's, yeah. You know, he has fun. He's energetic that way. Where Trout is very subdued. He's he just puts his head down and goes about his business. Um, you know, he's he's started opening up the last couple years. Um, and, and kind of really, I don't know if it's knowing that he needs to branch out or just trying to have the more uh respect for the game as in you know just put yourself out there and just get more um more publicity and and, and just allow yourself to accept your greatness that's what that's what i'm trying to say is i think he's really started to do that the last couple of years and just appreciate everything a little bit more yeah he's a in he, he he's a guy that and like you talk about with with him i think that he's so good that he could be a a household type name if he if his team was good, I mean, if, cause a lot of people, you know, a lot of casual baseball fans are tuning in for the postseason and they never see Mike Trout cause he's never there cause this team's terrible. Yep. So, you know, a lot of times if you got, you know, if, if Mike Trout was in the postseason every year doing what he's doing in the regular season, then, you know, you're looking at a guy who everyone's hearing about because he's just killing it the postseason breaking records, you know, um, he would, but it's one of those things where you're never going to hear about him in the postseason because he's, or you're you're never never hearing about him because his team's you know he's hitting two home runs, but it's his team's down ten to ten to seven. I mean, right. um, which the Angels are looking a little bit better right now. Don't get me wrong, I've been a little confused about how they've been as bad as they have been this year because they their pitching is bad. But between the resurgence of Dylan Bundy and, uh, you know, and Andrew Haney, who's been a pretty good pitcher for a few years, I mean, that gives them a couple good arms. And, I mean, their bullpen's really bad, but, I mean, 
it, it's confusing because their lineup's not, not bad. I mean, they've had a couple guys struggling. I mean, Justin Upton really struggled. He's starting to heat up a little bit now. And uh, But Rendon and Trout are two of the best players in baseball. I mean, Rendon doesn't get enough credit for what he's done this year. He's been he's been incredible for the for the Angels this year, offensively yeah. and defensively. He's a great player. Yeah. So um, I think Rendon's a top 10 player in baseball easy. So the Angels have two of the top 10 players in baseball, one of them being number one, and the other one, you know, definitely top 10 so um you know they've got two great players and then they got a couple other guys like like you know upton and angelton simmons and they got some really good players on that team and it's it's it, it, it's really it's really puzzling as to how they've been as bad as they've been but they're starting to turn it around a little bit now i mean you look at their their win against the uh you know their win against the um their sweep of the Astros this weekend and um, you know, they're five games out of a playoff spot right now. So, I mean, they could, if they could get hot, some of those pieces on their offense that have struggled a little bit, Otani being another one, um, you know, you never know. I mean, they, they've really put themselves somewhat back in it, even though I don't think they're going to make it obviously, but they, they're starting to turn the corner a little bit. Yeah. It, it, they're a very confusing team, even to watch them. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm able to watch their games with the Dodgers um, as well, but they they are really confusing to watch. They're really frustrating to watch as well. Um, we're going to jump ahead over to the National League, the NL East, with the Atlanta Braves still leading that division. Um, Phillies have kind of got a little bit of a resurgence going there. You know, there's this quote where Harper said, you know, if they wanted to be in a playoff spot, they had to win 9 of 10. And then right after, they go and win 9 of 10. Um, you know, Arietta's not looked as good. Yeah, Arietta's really... Like, as good. He just hasn't looked good at all. Arietta's um, really not a good pitcher anymore. No. Nola and, and uh, Zach Wheeler, though, you know, they're really stepping up. Um, Reese Hoskins is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, he looks uh, a lot better. That's, that's something that's... That offense really, you know... If they can get Hoskins going with Harper and, and you know, obviously the best catcher, JT Realmuto, they can be a team, you know, their bullpen's still not that great. And outside of Air, uh, Nola and Wheeler, it's not that great either. But, I mean, in a playoff series where it's a three-game series, if you throw those two at the top and, you know, win those two games, and you don't got to worry about the rest of them. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, think, um, I think the Phillies are still... Uh, they got hot for 10 games. Now they've lost their last two to the Mets um, and they got killed yesterday. Um, in fact, Nola was pitching yesterday and they gave up 14 runs. So um, that's a big, the Phillies really need to win most Nola and Wheeler starts. Uh, there was a lot of bad luck in that game though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they gave up a lot of home runs too, but <laughs> yeah, there was but, a lot uh, of soft, soft contact that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't watch the, that whole game, but it, it's one of those things where, I mean, the Phillies are a team that they're going to go as far as their as their bullpen carries them. They've got two good starting pitchers, um, and then they've got one that I think Zach Eflin's. I don't think he's bad. I, I think he's pretty good. But their other two guys uh, are not good. Arietta is, is not good, and then whoever they're running out there now, they changed their other guy. I think it's uh. That are they doing rookie. Velasquez? No, it's that rookie. Um, oh, uh, Spencer Howard. Yeah, Howard. They've run him out there some, and he, I mean, he's looked like a rookie. I mean, he hadn't been awful, but he he's looked like a rookie. So, um, 
I mean, I think it's going to take a little bit, a lot for them to catch the Braves, especially with the Braves' remaining schedule. They've got three games against the the uh, the Red Sox. They got some games against the Orioles. Um, you know, they got the Marlins this week, who are playing pretty. You know, who are not horrible, so um, they're not great. But um, the Braves, in fact, face Urania tonight, which will be interesting with the whole history yeah. um, there. But um, but yeah, to talk about the Marlins, they hung in there with the Rays this weekend, which was surprising. I know their record in their last 10 games isn't, isn't good, but they've hung in there a lot of times. Yeah, they've um, lost a lot of close games. That's the thing with them is, yeah. is these, these, this last couple of weeks, they've, a lot of close games. Marte, though, has looked, you know, we talked about yeah. them trading for him. We were kind of confused, but he's looked really good going over there, actually, so far. Yeah, Marte's a good uh, player. He has been for a long time. So, uh, You know, the Mets, they're... Still throwing away Jacob Degrom starts oh. uh, down the drain. Um, you know, the Nationals are, you know, Bad. down there as well. It's really confusing with Nationals. You know, I know Corbin looked terrible yesterday. They yeah. lost. They're, you know, with the way Juan Soto and Turner's yes. Trey Turner's been hitting. I mean, they're. I, I don't expect them to be this bad, but. Man, that's just something that they cannot find it this well, year. The, the Nationals, the Nationals, believe it or not, have I believe the worst rotation in baseball by ERA, and that's this in spite despite Scherzer being in there because uh, uh, Corbin's been real inconsistent. But I mean, Voth, Austin Voth, and mm-hmm. uh, Eric or Fede, Fede, mm-hmm. how, however you say it, and then um, Anibal Sanchez have really had bad years. I mean. Um, and then um, their bullpen's still not good, and um, they have some pieces that uh, I watched them four games this weekend. They've got some pieces that look pretty yeah. good in their in their bullpen. Uh, Kyle Finnegan really impressed me this weekend, even though yesterday he got rocked. Um, he's got some, he's got some good stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, they still Tanner, like Tanner Rainey. Little. I mean, yeah, still well, Doolittle, and... Doolittle, and Hudson haven't looked good. Um, Will so. Harris as well. Will Harris has been very poor, poor this year. But yeah, um, but they're not though... names you expect to be poor. Exactly, what... exactly. Yeah, they're just they're they're all those guys at one time have been closers in the major absolutely. league. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so. And they just have not looked very good at all. It's just right. very puzzling for a team that you know they got hot last year, but you know they're still your defending World Series champions. And I yeah. do understand that they lost Anthony Rendon, but. And, and some of their pitching, but it, to be this bad, it just it's really puzzling. Well, uh, losing Anthony Rendon's a big deal. People, he is the most underappreciated guy I think this year in the big leagues. Because I mean, look what he's done, you know, statistically for the Angels, and look what he did. I mean, he's I, I know everyone likes to talk about Juan Soto, and uh, and for good reason. He's a great player, but Anthony Rendon was the guy that he carried the Nationals last year. He was the best player of the Nationals. Juan Soto was great. And a lot of people talk about Juan Soto because he's so young too, but Anthony Rendon was their best player and he's the second best player on the angels just because of trout, but he'd be the best player on just about every team in the big leagues. He's just, he's just phenomenal. Um, And um, he's a guy that is, he's got to be, you know, the the nationals, Soto hadn't played the last four games. Um, I think they're worried about an elbow injury potentially. Um, And, it's you know obviously the Braves, um, which it's another topic we, we haven't really discussed too much. We might want to get into has been maybe a little bit of the bullpen management around around the big leagues uh, because the Braves would be the leading candidate for that this week. But uh, with the stuff that they pulled in 
against the Nationals this weekend that cost them probably two games. Um, that the the Nationals are, I mean, they're just not a good team. I mean, that you look at their lineup. I mean, they've got Howie as Dribble Cabrera and Howie Kendrick and hitting three and four. I mean, no offense to either one of those guys because they're fantastic baseball players. They're great role players on a team, but they can't be your star players. I mean, Trey Turner has been really good, but um, you know he's really their only, you know really good player right now other than Soto who's inconsistently been able to play so um so yeah I mean it's it's rough for the Nationals right now yeah so we'll jump over to the NL Central now um Chicago Cubs they're leading the division still only by a game and a half now over the Cardinals I believe the Cardinals just swept the Cubs this weekend um, uh, I think they played again today. I think they played one they? more today. I think they're are or they? that I think they're going to. They play one more today. Uh, they do at one o'clock. Um, Goldschmidt's looked really good. Uh, he hit a three-run home run yesterday. That was it went out of the stadium. It, it was out of the stadium. I I turned the game on just as he walked up to the plate, and then I saw that, and I was, he's on my fantasy team, so I very much liked that. Um, you know, Kipnis hit a home run yesterday, but the Cubs just. You know, we said for a long time we weren't sure how they were staying up there um, with how bad their rotation has been outside of Darvish, really. I mean, Hendricks has, hasn't has been terrible, but he hasn't been amazing either. Um, and their bullpen's really struggled. Uh, you know, they're finally – Kimbrell had looked good, but it's just – he's not he's not what Kimbrell used to be. Um, he's not there. I mean, he – yeah, he has had a couple good outings, but if you go back and watch him, he was so wild. He was he was the same pitcher, and those guys were just swinging at it. I mean, he has looked horrible all year, and he did last year too. I mean, I I hate it because I really like Kimbrel. He's one of my favorite pitchers in the big leagues. You know, I loved him when he was one of my favorite players when he was on the Braves. Um, you know, I'd love to see him be successful because I like him a lot. You know, he's he's an he's a guy from the state of Alabama. He's from. Uh, you know, he's, but, but it's, you know, I, I, I feel for him. I feel for him a lot. Um, I think the Cardinals might win that division. The Cubs are really struggling. They got a lot of guys that are playing poor, you know, uh, that are, that they have to have played well. I mean, Wilson Contreras hasn't been good. Javi Baez has been horrible this year. Not great. Um, yeah. They I mean, just got uh, Bryant back. Bryant, they just got back, but I mean, he was bad before the injury and, you know whether that was in. It's we're gonna see if that was injury induced. I think it probably was, but you know. Yeah, you it never was his know. wrist. It was his yeah. left wrist, I believe. So that's his more of his extension wrist, and you know the way he finishes with one hand that he really finishes with that left hand taking the power yeah. through it. So I think that could definitely be something. You know the Cardinals, oh, yeah. Flaherty hasn't looked good either. Yeah. Um, so if they get him turned around, that could be a big thing. Yeah. Um, one thing we wanted to hit on with the Cardinals, and and it. Also, we wanted to hit on with the Mets, but we didn't do it. Is uh, with the Cardinals, they just had a legend pass away yesterday for them. Um, Lou Brock played 16 seasons in Chicago. Uh, he played for the, actually four seasons for the Cubs as well. Uh, he over 3,000 hits, you know, 293 batting average. Um, the fastest uh, yeah, players. One of the fastest players in history. He had a 45.4 WAR in his career. Um, with the Mets, why we want to connect this in is Mets actually had. One of their great pitchers of all time, Tom Seaver, passed away as well. Um, he was 75. Lou Brock was 81. Um, Seaver had 300 wins, 311 wins. Um, pitched over 
4,700 innings. You know, he had a 109.9 war in his career. Um, yep. You know, he spent he bounced around a little bit. 12 years with the Mets, six years with Cincinnati, um, three with the White Sox. Um, but an interesting thing is with Lou Brock and Tom Seaver, they passed away within a week of each other. Um, and I found this very, very interesting is that the pitcher that Lou Brock faced the most in his career was Tom Seaver. And Tom Seaver, the, the batter he faced the most in his career, was Lou Brock. So they each faced each other the most in their career out of the entire major leagues, and then they pass away within a week of each other. That's that's uh, that's crazy. It's very crazy. It's very weird. Um, but we wanted to give recognition to those two because they are, you know, Tom Seaver's one of the greatest pitchers in MLB he history. Really is. Um, and Lou Brock is, he's one of the fastest players and he's a, I, I know the city of St. Louis absolutely adores Lou Brock. Um, you know, he was, when he was traded over there, it was a trade that, you know, the city of St. Louis thought they were crazy and that they were the stupidest people to do because Brock was this prospect nobody would ever heard of. And then he goes on to be one of the greatest Cardinals of all time. Um, so we wanted to definitely hit on those two and, and that's weird for that connection that we wanted to just just put that in together yeah so um hope uh, prayers to all their families as well and they're um you know his two fantastic players that were yeah just had great careers and especially Seaver. i mean that's this is a guy that you know like you say 109 wins above replacement i mean that's for a pitcher i mean you're talking about one of the top 10 15 greatest pitchers of all time and you know it's just a you know it's it's sad to hear about their passing yeah, it is. Um, so we want to just shout them out. Um, the Brewers, the Reds, you know, they're just quietly hanging around right there. You know, they're both, I think, about a game or two games out of that eighth playoff spot. Um, you know, we expect, we, yeah, we expect the Reds to be so much better. I'm just not nothing. I don't know what's not clicking there. Uh, so. Uh... I, I talked a minute ago about some bullpen management stuff with the uh, with the Braves, and you know we could talk about it a little bit in a, in a few minutes if you want to. But the Reds, um, I think some of that they've had some bad bullpen management this week. Um, you know they're really underutilizing the guy they traded for, Archie Bradley. Um, so um, they're kind of putting a lot on some of their bullpen arms, and they haven't really been good. Um, the, the Reds, I mean, you look at their lineup you look at their rotation you know they should be really good i know they've had a couple guys that have struggled a little bit um this year you know suarez started to come come around a little bit i think he had a three homer game didn't he the other yes. day yes he yeah so play. so suarez um you know he's starting to heat up a little bit and that's a good sign for the reds because he's been a guy that's struggled compared to what they expected this year and Votto's really struggled for them at times so um but you know the Reds are a team that uh, that uh, they're starting to, you know, I, I, they're 18 and 23. They're close, and I think they're a team that can very easily reel off five or six wins in a row because of their talent. So they very well can, you know, especially yeah. if Castellanos can can get back to hitting. Um, yeah, I know he had a it couple is, home runs. Yeah, this week, he's showing some he's showing some signs. So. Um, well, let's go to the last one and finish up the uh, the standings as well with the NL West. Um, you know, obviously the Dodgers are still looking like the best team in baseball. You know, they did drop two of three this weekend to Colorado, but that game last night was crazy. It was you hit a home run, and then I'm going to come back and hit a home run and take the lead. Then you're going to hit a home run and take the lead, and yeah. I'm going to hit a home run and take the lead. 
it was just so back and forth. Um, the Rockies had a pitcher. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think Castellani. Yeah, Ryan Castellani. He looks, his motion at least, the way he throws the ball, looks identical to Max Scherzer. It was really creeping me out last night how yeah. identical it was. Yeah, and I, um, I watched. Uh, I was watching the MLB Network uh, broadcast last night with uh, John Smoltz was on there, and they were talking about how he, when he was in high school, um, he actually went to a Max Scherzer bullpen or something. Like Max Scherzer was throwing somewhere near where he was, and he uh, took he took some video of Max Scherzer and. Uh, he basically emulated it on purpose and i mean everything about him his wind up his arm swing he looks it looks exactly like my extras even even when he's standing on the mound and he's getting yeah. ready to get the sign yeah. like he does the hat thing and then he like shakes his arm like it, it's identical yeah. it is so weird like yeah. i had to i had to like double take i had the game on yeah. in the background while i was doing some stuff and like i just kind of glanced up i saw this thing and i was like dude what that looks like yeah. Scherzer. Yeah. It was it was very weird. He looks like he'd have some talent if he could get the uh, the control under. Yeah, he his stuff looks, you know, his stuff looks pretty good. His stuff looks a little bit like Max Scherzer's stuff. Um, I don't think he's throwing quite as hard. Um, no. As, as Scherzer, but he he's, you know, he he's got a very similar. Um, he's got some pretty similar break on some of his stuff. He's just he's got to learn to control it a little bit. And, um, Which you talk I think about. That was... That was a big deal with Scherzer coming up as well as he couldn't yeah, control stuff. Yeah, and you talk about you talk about Scherzer, um, you know his, his biggest weakness in his career, which you know obviously he's had a fantastic career, has been the home run ball, mm-hmm. um, and you know he's a guy that he's gives up some home runs. He's a real aggressive, throws a lot of pitches in the zone, um, but um, I think that Castellani uh, right now, if you don't have great control of that stuff. You know, if you're throwing that that kind of repertoire and everything, you can give up some home runs, and I think that's something that's bit him some, and as well as the control. But if he if he can reel that stuff in, and obviously you know you know it's possible if you can repeat that that delivery because Scherzer's been able to do it. Um, you know, he could be really good. I, I like the I like the I like the thought. You know, hey, this guy has been one of the best pitchers of the last decade. Uh, let's try to do what he does. <laughs> so yeah, it's a an interesting thought is, you know, with him pitching in Colorado, it's very hard for pitchers to develop in Colorado um, just because of the way the air is. But I was listening to, I don't know if you watch Bauer Bites, and that's with uh, that's with Trevor Bauer, and he sits down at dinner with a, a bunch of different people. And he had an episode where um, he had Charlie Blackman on it with a, yeah. a bunch of other people. And Blackman was saying it's very, it's very hard for pitchers and hitters alike to go to Colorado and play every day there and then go to a, you know a place that's below sea level or you know any other place that's not there and play because every ball you hit travels less you know less distance um, a ball that you think you square it up and should be a home run it you know is on the warning track um, he said but for pitchers the stuff it it breaks a lot different in Colorado because the it air does. so he, you know, he was mentioning where sliders and curveballs they don't break as much. And watching Castiani last night, it looked like his slider was just breaking a little too much, and that was allowing it to go out of the zone, um, you know, away from right-handed hitters or inside the left-handed hitters. Where if he's pitching in Colorado, that's probably a pitch that is a, you know, it's probably a, a borderline strike right at the knees um, on the inside or outside part of the play, whoever's up to bat. 
um, you know, his fastball control, that doesn't really matter. But on his breaking stuff, um, you know, I think he had a really decent changeup last night as well. Um, but yep. the slider was one pitch that I noticed that it was breaking quite a bit. But I, I was thinking once he gets to Colorado and that's going to not break as much, that's going to be a pitch where if he just keeps consistent with it and, and learn to adjust to that on the road and maybe try and try and aim a little bit more to the right side of the plate when he's releasing so that way it breaks down. Um, yeah. He could be he could be very, very good if, if he can figure that part out. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's interesting. That's uh, it, it's an, inter- an interesting guy to watch. But um, shout out to the Rockies for winning that series because yeah. um, I know that you were super happy about that. But uh, the fact that um, I think it had been like several years since they had won a series in L.A. against yeah, the Dodgers. It had, been, it had been a very long time. And actually, and, uh, that was the first series this year that the Dodgers had dropped. Um, they yeah, hadn't dropped so, a series all year. Yeah, so, so was... um, the Rockies um, – you know, especially this was kind of one of those gut check series. Like they had to win this series, I think, to yeah. to stay alive. Um, you know, and stay in that in that playoff spot. And um, this was a huge series for the Rockies to win. They had some some good uh, contributions from a lot of different guys. They they played well this weekend. So um, that's something where I, uh, you know, I don't think the Rockies are gonna contend for the World Series, but you know, they look like they're probably gonna pretty good shot at that postseason so yeah i think they're sitting in seventh right now um only a half they game are. up um but you know the padres looked really good this weekend like we said i believe they took two of three from the oakland a's this weekend um you know clevenger made his first start for them against the angels he wasn't great um but uh, he was he was fine give up two runs over six innings but they lost yeah. i mean their team didn't score so <laughs> yeah it, it I think he was just trying to get really comfortable. You know, it, it's a big deal that, you know, with guys like Clevenger, he's coming over, but he's also having to learn a brand new catcher. And then these catchers are having to learn because the Padres traded both of their catchers. They're having to learn the entire pitching staff. So I would actually expect a little bit in this next week or so to see their pitching start getting a little bit better after, you know, the catchers have had a, a full start with them as well. Um, I think Nola hit a home run this weekend, which was really big for them. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what their upcoming schedule's like, but I could definitely see the Padres starting to go on a run, um, sometime soon. And I, I don't think they're going to contend with the Dodgers for the division, yeah, but they're, they're definitely a team. Already. Yeah, they're five games back, um, you know, but they're sitting right now as the third best team in the National League and they're tied with the Braves. So, yeah. I mean, you could see them be a team that are, you know, yeah. the well, as the, this league. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the way it, the way it's work it works is that as a um, if you you have to be the division the the winner of your division to get that two that one two or three seed. So right now the Padres would be the four. against the four, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, they would play the worst uh, division winner, which right now is the Cubs. So well, I don't know because I, I don't oh no 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 they would be they would be playing the they would be playing the six they'd be playing the well isn't uh, it the the, the, the winners are picking aren't they? Isn't that what they're doing now? Is that the the division winners get to pick who they want to play? Did they do that? No, I, know was, I don't think I know so. Was, I know there was talk about it, but I don't know if they actually did it or not. So they were because I was I was reading some stuff. They're talking about the importance of getting the two seed in the in the NL because um, if you get the three seed, you're probably going to end up facing the Phillies, um, but or the um, or the Padres. I mean, or or the the Phillies or the Cardinals, 
but if you get the the one seed or i mean but if you get the two seed you're probably getting up facing the rockies or the giants or the marlins or somebody so yeah um so, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do with this whole expanded playoffs. We don't know quite everything because we haven't actually seen it happen yet. So, uh, you know, that's pretty much your your weekly standings update. Um, yep. So pretty much this last thing we want to hit on, you know, we hit on pretty much what we wanted to do was want to do our players of the week. Um, I based mine off the last two weeks just because we didn't do it this last week. Um, so like we talked about him earlier, but my hitter of the week is going to be Trey Turner. Um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, he's hitting 443. He's got four home runs, um, 10 RBIs, three stolen bases. He's amounted a 1.2 war. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, about a 47% on base percentage. Um, he's not walking a lot and still striking out about 17% of the time. But, uh, he's a guy who the last couple of weeks, he's, you know, we talked about the Nationals not being great, but he's been their best player um, so far in this last couple of weeks. And I think he deserved – he's very underrated. I've always liked Trey Turner. Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. Yeah, and, and mine, mine's going to be Marcelo Zuna. Um, it's a guy that um, for the Braves has really lived up to his contract. They – you know, I, I think the uh, he's been real impressive. Uh, hit five home runs this week. Um had a his slash line was 464 531 1.143 slugging uh, with a 322 wrc plus guys just don't fire this week um one thing we didn't really talk about earlier that we probably should have was that the braves became the first team in major league history to have players hit three home runs so so the one player hit three home runs in back-to-back games so marcelo zuna against the red Sox hit three home runs i think it was tuesday and then wednesday um, uh, uh, adam duvall hit three home runs um, so that was something that was spectacular um it was hard to believe so that it was it was that was that was fun to watch. Um, and then and then on Friday the Braves had a double header in which Ronald Acuna Jr. hit three home runs, but he hit two in the first game and one in the last game. So they had three three home run games, three three home run days in a row. But uh, Fridays was in two different games, even though it was seven inning double headers. He hit the three home runs within nine innings of each other. But <laughs> um, but yeah, Ozuna, um, you know. He's hitting the ball super hard this year, and, and he has for a long time. He just hits the ball hard. In fact, uh, in this last week, um, his exit velocity trails only Fernando Tatis Jr. and his average exit velocity, um, and you can see that 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 reflects in you know how many home runs he's hit, as well as him hitting extra base hits. He's had a lot of doubles too, so um, very good week for him. Um, yeah, he's been he's, very locked in. Yeah, he's a guy that you know he's. He, he's playing left field some, but he's DHing for the most part right now. Um, with you know, taking advantage of that rule, he he can play left field. He's probably he's a below average left fielder, but um, he's um, he that he's got he's put up 0.9 wins above replacement without even playing defense. So that, that kind of goes to show you how good he's been this week with the, with the plate. But yeah, but yeah so well, who do you picture? Oh, my pitcher, I am going to go with Andrew Heaney. Um, I've always been a big fan of him as well. Um, I'm able to watch his a lot, uh, his starts. Um, in the past couple weeks, he's had two real good starts, one against the Padres, one against the Mariners. 
Um, in those two starts, he's amassed 14 and two-thirds innings, um, 16 strikeouts with only one earned run. Um, he's given up seven hits. Um, you know, he's always a guy who can struggle with control. Um, he gave up two walks in each of those starts. Um, so, you know, obviously you don't you want to cut down the walk rate a little bit. But, you know, if he can just keep his stuff in the zone, you can see with, you know, 16 strikeouts and 14 innings, he can strike a lot of people out. And he's he could be a very good pitcher. It's just he, his command goes away from him at times. And he gets and when he, even when he's losing command and walking people at that point, he tries too hard to get back in the zone and he just leaves pitches right over the middle. Yeah. Um, and then that's when he gets hit um, quite a bit. You know, in the past couple couple starts, he only has a, a 206 on batted balls in play. Um, you know, he's amassed a, a .7 war, so almost a full game. Um, a 061 ERA with a 178 FIP. So, you know, his, his FIP is it, it's really good if you use that as a. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, basically an equivalent to what ERA should be. Um, you know, striking out almost 10 per nine. You know, it. Just very, very good week for Andrew Heaney, and yeah, uh, he's, wanted to give him some love. Yeah, for sure. Um, my um, my player pitcher of the week is uh, Keegan Aiken of the uh, Orioles. I hope I said that that last name right. He is, um, you know, and obviously, like I say, could have very easily picked Shane Bieber, but <laughs> um, right. I wanted to give him a little bit of love. He's a he's a, a rookie for the Orioles, and he's pitched in two games this week. Started two games. Um, he only pitched nine and two thirds innings in those two games, but uh, he did give up a run, and uh, he had a uh, thirteen uh, strikeouts per nine. The, the walks, a little bit, few too many walks for my liking. Uh, you know, five five and a half walks per nine. It's not very good, but uh, they give up a home run. He he, um, you know, he had a two eleven FIP. Um, this guy that you know the pitched i mean for the orioles first couple you know this is a second and third career start um pretty impressive i mean i, I saw a pitching ninja had posted about him looking pretty good so um you know i figured i'd give him a little bit of love for for what he's done um you know his he's he had a good week for sure yeah he's, i did not actually see either one of his starts um with it being, you know, an East Coast team, they're a little too yeah. early for me to be able to catch all of them. Um, especially being on the Orioles, it's not really shown much over here as all as yeah. <laughs> at all, pretty much, because they're not a good team back there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I did not really see much Keegan Aiken, but just looking at his stats and his peripherals, you know, he did have a really good week. Um, you know, and if that's a guy that the the Orioles can develop and as a you know as a starter for their long term, that's going to be uh, be very interesting for them. Yeah, for sure. So um, that'll be, um, you know, like we've talked about so many times, you know, it's if Keegan Aiken, if he can bring those walks down, it might be a guy that you end up looking at, you know, this year saying, hey, they found a guy. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, he's had a, he has a pattern of the walk issues. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to iron out a little bit. But um, something but, young. I mean, he's struck. Yeah, I mean, he struck out guys in the minor leagues too. So yeah. uh, he's got really live stuff. He does. He he's got good stuff. Well, I think that's so, gonna pretty much wrap up our episode this week. Um, yeah. I think we even went longer than what yeah, we thought. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, we wanted to really give an in depth on the on the standings and kind of just hit on everything because it had been a couple weeks, you know, with the uh, with the deadline episode. But uh, yeah, I think it was. It's a really solid week. Not too many stories, not too much going on, but 
you know, it's it's starting to get in that last push for those last twenty games. So oh we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start talking about those playoff battles just a little bit more coming up. So thank you guys for tuning in to this uh this episode number five of the Bat Flip Podcast, and we uh we hope to see your guys' feedback and and see you guys listening next week. Yeah, thank you, thank you everybody uh, very much. Y'all have a great week. Stay safe out there. Alrighty, Matt, feel better. Appreciate it. Later. All right, later.